Feel free to open windows to get air moving in here if it's um, getting warm or stuffy or whatever. So Psalm 94, <clears throat> I, I trust you have been spending some time in the Psalms and enjoying the comfort <clears throat> and the ministry of the Psalms. Psalm 94 O oh Lord God, to whom vengeance belongs, O oh God, to whom vengeance belongs, shine forth. Rise up, O oh judge of the earth, render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? They utter speech and speak insolent things. All the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. They break in pieces your people, O oh Lord. And afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, the Lord does not see, nor does the God of Jacob understand. Understand, you senseless among the people, and you fools, when will you be wise? Who planted the ear? Shall he not hear? He who formed the eye, shall he not see? He who instructs the nations, shall he not correct? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are futile. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people. Nor will he forsake his inheritance, but judgment will return to righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would soon have settled in silence. If I say, my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity which devises evil by law have fellowship with you? They gather together against the life of the righteous and condemn innocent blood. But the Lord has been my defense and my God, the rock of my refuge, he has brought on them their own iniquity and shall cut off, cut them off in their own wickedness. The Lord our God shall cut them off. <clears throat> Here you find the psalmist in portraying his heart, his prayer. And he begins by saying, God, how long until you intervene? How long until you come and, and take some action? Vengeance belongs to you, Lord. When are you going to act? And, and you see the progression through this psalm that the psalmist then addresses the people, the wicked evildoers, and, and in doing so, <clears throat> he says to them, do you think the one that formed the eye doesn't see what you're doing? Do you think the one that formed the ear doesn't hear what you're doing? 
And, and he's reminding them, God sees and hears and knows, and God will bring judgment. And God will bring vengeance. As we've been going through the attributes of God, <clears throat> we see again and are reminded <clears throat> how perfectly they all fit together. We are looking at them, needless to say, individually. But they all, they all blend in perfect unison through the character of God. And today the attribute that we're looking at is the attribute that God is just. Throughout the scripture, and it's, it's fascinating to me to see over and over again these attributes that we look at that when you zero in on, for example, love or justice or God is good or whatever, when you zero in on these, <clears throat> then you start seeing it everywhere you look. Look in the book of Psalms. Turn to Psalm 11 and verse 7. Psalm 11 and verse 7. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. In the Old Testament, the same word is translated just and righteous often. And in this case, it's the same word. In essence, it's saying, for the Lord is just. Look at Psalm 85 and verse 13. Psalm 85. <clears throat> And verse 13, righteousness will go before him and he shall make his footsteps our pathway. Righteousness, the same word is used. Or you could say justice will go before him. Psalm 89 and, and verse 14. Psalm 89 and verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. You notice what it says. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. God is a righteous God. God is a just God. And and the psalmist said, they are the foundation of who God is. This is his, his very nature, the foundation. Look at Psalm 145 and verse 17. Psalm 145 and verse 17. The Lord is righteous or just in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The next Psalm, 146 and verse 7. Who executes justice for the oppressed? Who gives food to the hungry? The Lord gives freedom to the prisoner. The psalmist again is, is reminding us that God is the one that executes justice. In Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 18, he says, The Lord is a God of justice. We can never accuse him of injustice. And, and Abraham in Genesis chapter 18 said, 
Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right? Won't he bring genuine justice and and do what is right? <clears throat> Realizing that, we ask the question, what is justice? As we said, the Old Testament word for it literally means straight in in the sense, kind of the sense that we get, you may hear someone say, he's a crooked, crooked businessman. This is straight in the sense that he does what is right. The New Testament word that is used is equal. They both mean the same thing, that morally and across the board they do what is right. God is just, and no one will ever be able to accuse him of doing anything that was wrong, anything that was not right. As we mentioned, the words are identical, justice, righteousness in the Old Testament. But Jesus' death comes into play directly in regard to justice, the justice of God. God gave the statement and said, if you eat of this, you will surely die. And the punishment for sin is death. God drew a line in the sand, if you please, and and he would not be a just God if he didn't keep what he said. So he said, sin, the wages of sin, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The end result of sin is death. Jesus' death, satisfied the justice of God. Do you understand? This is why Jesus died. To satisfy the justice of God. And and when we have our sins covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are we are made just before him. God is truly just and always acts in harmony with his holy nature. So he shows his displeasure about sin, and he judges sin, and the we can never imagine the full um, the full picture of Christ's suffering in bearing the judgment of God, a just God, bearing the judgment of our sin, but Jesus Christ willfully took it. It's interesting, justice also demands that when the penalty has been paid by one, it never needs to be paid by another. Notice what that does to Jesus Christ. He paid the penalty for our sin. It is finished, Jesus said. And when you receive the gift of Jesus Christ, the penalty for your sin and my sin is paid, and it never has to be paid by another. That's why we we trust God for salvation, and we trust Him for the justification. That's why 
In Romans chapter 8, in verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. That's the rejoicing that we have. God is a just God. He requires a payment for sin, death. Jesus Christ paid the penalty for sin, and Jesus' death satisfied God's justice. Thus, God remains the righteous judge as he justifies sinners who believe in Jesus Christ. Romans, again, such a great, great picture of the justification of God in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11, he lists of, uh, a list of sins, adulterers and idolaters, and, and he lists this list of wickedness, homosexuality, and he lists all these things. And then he says, such were some of you, but you have been washed, but you have been sanctified, you have been justified, that The penalty for sin was completely paid. Of course, Galatians, the book that is written to show us it's not the works of the law that justify us. No man can keep the law. Not the works of the law that justify us. But it's by faith. It's it's by faith in Jesus Christ. And the blessedness of, of the justice of God that appeals to every one of us, every one of us sin yet as born-again believers. But notice where it shows up. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We need to thank God for the justice of God. That the blood of Jesus Christ covers our sins. And, and to rejoice in that. And, and it's the faithfulness and the justice of God that, that we have this great peace with God. When God looks at a sinner and sees him there unatoned, meaning the blood has not been applied to him, Because he hasn't trusted Jesus Christ, justice says he must die. Eternal death. But when God looks at a sinner atoned, covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, justice says he must live. The unjust sinner can no more go to heaven than the justified sinner can go to hell. And there is great, great comfort in that. And it's not of ourselves. We have nothing with which to boast. But we say, okay, I I get this about God is a just God, and his justice is only satisfied in Jesus Christ. But you may ask, where is justice today? Back when the American frontier sprang up, vigilantes raised up. They were self-appointed law enforcement groups. And um, 
One writer said that vigilantism was often carried out by citizens who were moderate and orderly in their application of force. But he notes that there was the danger of mob rule that was very present. And they went on to say, just ask the poor fellow whose grave is at Boot Hill Cemetery in Arizona, and he bears this epitaph, lynched by mistake. There is no justice in this world. We may say in our Pledge of Allegiance, and liberty and justice for all, but we understand that we live in a world where we ask, where is justice? Um, injustice abounds. We're, we're starting to find out and see some things, and throughout your life you see it. But um, people lie and seem like they can go on. It's appearing that Michael Flynn has been injustly imprisoned. And, and mainstream media can lie and go on like business. We live in a world that rapes happen and people go on unpunished. We live in a world where child abuse happens and one of the, one of the severe adverse things of all this shutdown that we have is many, many children have been locked in homes and are being continually abused. And we think, where is justice in this world? If God is a God of justice, then where is God in this world? We see thieves steal and and go on their way like nothing happened. We see hypocrites and and portraying their one thing, and then in reality there's something else. We see slanders and deceivers, <clears throat> and and we see many of you here today have experienced adverse injustices. And sad to say, many times people say, if God is just... And there is all this injustice. Where is God? And they throw God out from their perspective that there isn't justice here. Well, we need to realize that we individually and personally cannot bring just justice. To bring justice, you must have full knowledge and full authority. We may look at something and say, that isn't right. But our knowledge may be limited. We've all been in situations where we've said something, that isn't right. And then when we heard the whole story, we said, oh, that gives it a little different picture. We personally cannot bring justice. And bitterness and anger... And, and hatred will not bring justice. That won't help. You may have been dealt very unjustly in your life. It may be um, in your own home and family. It may be at a place of business. 
But by you carrying bitterness and anger with that, that will not bring justice. That only destroys you. It doesn't hurt anyone else. Well, it it may hurt others. It may hurt those around you. But it primarily affects you. And we can get hung up on the injustices of this life. But this is a very, very important truth for us to, to grasp today. God alone can and will bring justice. Rest in this fact. You, you may have been dealt a severe injustice in your life that perhaps no one else knows about. But justice will come from God. Since God is just, there will be a day of judgment. Things are out of course in this world. Sin is rampant. Saints are wronged. Innocent people are wronged. Um, People are defeated because of injustice. But there is a day coming when God will set things right. He will bring justice to every man. And do you understand what that truth does to us? It frees us up from bearing the burden of injustice. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 31, it says, God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world. God does not always bring immediate justice. And that's where we often struggle with trusting God. We struggle with, okay, God, I'll step back here and I'll see if you're going to, they did wrong there, they lied, they stole. I'll step back and see if you bring justice. And we don't see him do it immediately. We may not even see it in our lifetime, but that doesn't mean God's not going to bring justice. He will bring justice. And, And he said, it is appointed unto man once to die, and what? And after this, the judgment. Romans 14, verse 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Romans 12, 19. Jesus said, don't recompense evil for evil, but contrarywise. He said, understand that vengeance is mine I will repay, and many times we put a period there and forget the rest of the verse. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And and you may have seen something that is blatantly wrong and unjust. God's going to take care of it. There may be nothing that you can do about it. I'm not saying if if you have legal routes to go, but whatever. I'm saying God is going to bring justice. And God brings justice in judgment. And there are two judgments. There is the great white throne judgment. Turn to Revelation chapter 20. You know, they they make for great jokes Um, 
Joe died, and when he stood before Peter at the pearly gates, you know, and we tell these jokes about that. I'm not saying you shouldn't tell those jokes, but biblically, nobody dies and stands before Peter at the pearly gates. All right? If you die without Christ, you will face a judgment at the great white throne judgment, which we read about in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. And let me just read, beginning at verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and hell gave up, delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, everyone according to his works. Then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So, here's the picture. The the great white throne judgment. All the great and small and all the dead of all the ages that have rejected Christ will appear here. And at this judgment, there are books and the book of life is there. And there will be people that will say, there's surely a mistake. I shouldn't be here. I should be in heaven. I, I did many wonderful works in your name. I cast out devils. And they will open the book of life and prove to them that they had never called upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. And they will be cast into the lake of fire prepared for the devil and his angels, because God is a just God. And God says, if you sin, you will eternally be separated from God unless you claim the blood of Jesus Christ. And this, you notice we read there, they will be judged by the works that were in them. I don't mean this as a pun, but there are degrees of punishment in hell. And the Bible, I don't have time to go into it, but the Bible teaches this aspect. And you may think, so-and-so got by with this or that. God is going to judge the works of wicked men. And and there is comfort in, in allowing God to do that. So, we can't even imagine what this judgment will be like. So, that is the judgment for everyone who has not received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And you notice he begins in verse 6, and we've, hear, we've heard this statement, absent from the body is present with the Lord, and 
verse 7, he mentions that, and 8. Notice verse 9. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and I trust also are well known to your conscience. Here is the judgment for believers. Every one of us will appear before the judgment seat of God. The Bema seat is, is the word that is used here. It's a place of reward. You're not going to be judged on whether you get into heaven. This takes place in heaven. It takes place during the seven-year tribulation period here on earth. And this is where 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I won't take the time to go into it, but 1 Corinthians chapter 3 said your life is, is like this building that you put together and your life work will be put in a fire, and that which is done to the glory of God will be purified like gold, silver, and precious stone. That which was not will will disappear in a flaming fire. Now you think of it. Our life, If you've lived 70 years, if you've lived 17 years, our life, all that we've done will be taken and purified by the fiery judgment of God. And God knows every one of our thoughts. He knows every one of our actions. And God is wiping away the dross. This isn't a time where you're going to answer, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? This is a time that you will be rewarded for what you did for the honor and glory of God. And it will be purified as silver, gold, and precious stone. You know, we've we've all been there. We've had these monster piles of brush and stuff. And you light them babies, and in no time, down to nothing. I mean, you had this huge pile of brush. I don't know about you, but I don't want my life to be like that. God is a just God. And there are, there are people that, that maybe in the arm of the flesh do these things to impress others. And you might say, ah, they don't seem real to me. Don't worry about it. God will take care of it. we got enough to worry about about building this house out of gold and silver and precious stone. And in writing to the believers, the Hebrew believers in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10, he said, God is not an unjust God to forget your labor of love for him. There are going to be little old ladies who were prayer warriors for God that nobody even noticed. And, and their, their life is going to be put in the fire and nothing's going to burn. It's all going to be purified. 
And they're going to end up with a pile of gold and silver and precious stone to give to the master. And there are going to be people that have mighty mansions that will be put into the fire and it will end up with a few shekels of gold and silver. And he said in 1 Corinthians 3, they'll be saved yet so as by fire. They're saved and that's it. You know the worst part of this? The shame to look our Savior in the face and to know I wanted your forgiveness, but I didn't live my life for you. And God is a just God, and he is going to reward. And that's why we ought to be examining our motives for our service. We ought to be examining what what do I depend on for power? Am I submissive to God? And, and realizing this, Supreme Court Justice Horace Gray once informed the man who had appeared before him in a lower court and had escaped conviction on a technicality. And we read about that often. Supreme Court Justice Gray said, I know that you are guilty, and you know it. And I wish you to remember that one day you will stand before a far better and far wiser judge And that there you will be dealt with according to justice, not according to law. You can find loopholes in laws. But there's no loopholes in the justice of God. And there have been individuals who were pronounced not guilty when they knew they were guilty or their case was thrown out. But God is going to bring justice. And the wrongs that have been done to you in your life, trust God with it. And rejoice that God will bring justice. Let me just quickly mention some applications here. Number one, everyone will die and then face judgment. It's a reality. There's no reincarnation. There's no coming back. Try it again a second time. And everyone will die and face judgment. Everyone chooses which judgment they will face. Either the great white throne judgment, showing that their name is not in the book of life, cast into the lake of fire because they rejected Jesus Christ. Or the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, because we trusted Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, and we then stand before him as redeemed, and the question is rewarded. Thirdly, there is no fooling God. You know what? You can fool people. And there, there are people that have gone to their grave and have successfully fooled everybody in their life. They had secrets, they had deceptions that nobody knew about, but you can't fool God and payday's coming. And just because mankind praises it doesn't mean God praises it. 
Just because man thinks it's good doesn't mean God does. Just because Christians think it's good doesn't necessarily mean that God does. And you can't fool God. So, believer, make sure you are not ashamed at the judgment. We'll receive the things that we've done in the body. It's not... It's not what we do that gets us saved. It's what we do that gets us rewarded. And there is comfort in knowing all my sins are covered. I'm not going to give an account as I go through one by one my sins. I am going to be rewarded for what I've done for God. But is there anything there to reward? That's the question. And because of this, We must trust God and let him bring justice. There is a certainty in the execution of God's justice that should comfort us. There are are things in my life that, that when I see it, or when my mind thinks about it, I can get upset and I have, I have to take it and say, God, I'm trusting you to bring justice with that. People may lie about you. If you have a clear conscience before God, that's all that matters. And you can go around your life defending yourself, and that's a miserable way to live. Or you can say, I'm going to let God take care of it. I've got enough to take care of right here in my own garden. Because God is a just God. And ultimately, we should rejoice in the justification that we have in Christ. I'm justified. I mean, think of that. Such such were some of you. No, such was I. And now the blood of Jesus Christ, a just God, His demands of justice have been satisfied In my life, because of Jesus Christ. And that ought to make us fall down and say, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. That we are justified before him. Impossible in and of ourselves. I mean, this attribute of God affects us, it affects eternity, and it affects every aspect of life. You can get bent out of shape. I, I get bent out of shape about the the injustice in, in what's going on. I mean, how do they choose essential workers? You know what I mean? There's people losing their entire livelihoods because they weren't essential. Don't get me started with that. You said I didn't. Essential workers. That's what the socialists call them. I'm started, so I'm going to finish it. They're essential employees or employers, not workers. But see, there's a lot of injustice in this world. God's going to sort it out. I've got enough to take care of right here so that my building doesn't go up in flames and end in a pile of ashes And I stand and look at the nail-pierced hands of God, ashamed and saved so as by fire. 
Let's bow our heads together in prayer. What we're going to do right now is I'm asking you to use this as a time of reflection on this message in two things. Number one, what is, what is a takeaway that is for me from this message? 